Chapter 19 of Plunkett of Tammany Hall, a series of very plain talks on very practical politics. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Mike Vendetti. Plunkett of Tammany Hall, a series of very plain talks on very practical politics by George Washington Plunkett. Chapter 19. The successful politician does not drink. I have explained how to succeed in politics. I want to add that no matter how well you learn to play the political game, you won't make a lasting success of it if you're a drinking man. I never take a drop of any kind of intoxicating liquor. I ain't no fanatic. Some of the saloon keepers are my best friends, and I don't mind going into a saloon any day with my friends. But as a matter of business, I leave whiskey and beer and the rest of that stuff alone. As a matter of business, too, I take for my lieutenants in my district men who don't drink. I tried the other kind for several years, but it didn't pay. They cost too much. For instance, I had a young man who was one of the best hustlers in town. He knew every man in the district, was popular everywhere, and could induce a half-dead man to come to the polls on election day. But regularly, two weeks before election, he started on a drunk, and I had to hire two men to guard him day and night and keep him sober enough to do his work. That cost a lot of money, and I dropped the young man after a while. Maybe you think I'm unpopular with the saloon-keepers because I don't drink. You're wrong. The most successful saloon-keepers don't drink themselves, and they understand that my temperance is a business proposition, just like their own. I have a saloon under my headquarters. If a saloon-keeper gets into trouble, he always knows that Senator Plunkett is the man to help him out. If there is a bill in the legislature making it easier for the liquor dealers, I am for it every time. I am one of the best friends the saloon men have, but I don't drink their whiskey. I won't go through the temperance lecture dodge and tell you how many bright young men I've seen fall victims to intemperance, but I'll tell you that I could name some dozens young men who had started on the road to statesmanship, who could carry their districts every time, and who could turn out any vote you wanted at the primaries. I honestly believe that drink is the greatest curse of the day, except, of course, civil service, and that it has driven more young men to ruin than anything except civil service examinations. Look at the great leaders of Tammany Hall. No regular drinkers among them, Richard Crocker's strongest drink was Vichy. Charlie Murphy takes a glass of wine at dinner sometimes, but he don't go beyond that. A drinkin' man wouldn't last two weeks as leader of Tammany Hall. Nor can a man manage an assembly district long if he drinks. He's got to have a clear head at all times. I could name ten men who, in the last few years, lost their grip in their districts because they began drinking. There's now thirty-six district leaders in Tammany Hall, and I don't believe a half-dozen of them ever drink anything except at meals. People have got an idea that because the liquor men are with us in campaigns, our district leaders spend most of their time leaning against bars. There couldn't be a wronger idea. The district leader makes a business of politics, gets his living out of it, and in order to succeed he's got to keep sober, just like in any other business. 
Just take his examples, Big Tim and Little Tim Sullivan. They're known all over the country as the Bowery leaders. And as there's nothing but saloons on the Bowery, people might think that they are hard drinkers. The fact is that neither of them has ever touched a drop of liquor in his life or even smoked a cigar. Still, they don't make no pretenses of being better than anybody else, and don't go around delivering temperance lectures. Big Tim made money out of liquor, selling it to other people. That's the only way to get good out of liquor. Look at all the Tammany heads of city departments. There's not a real drinking man in the lot. Yes, there are some prominent men in the organization who drink sometimes, but they are not the men who have power. Their ornaments, fancy speakers, and all that, who make a fine show behind the footlights. But am I in it when it comes to directing the city government and the Tammany organization? The men who sit in the executive committee room at Tammany Hall and direct things are men who celebrate on Apollinaris and Vichy. Let me tell you what I saw on election night in 1897 when the Tammany ticket swept the city. Up to 10 p.m., Crocker, John F. Carroll, Tim Sullivan, Charlie Murphy, and myself sat in the committee room receiving returns. When nearly all the city was heard from and we saw that Van Wyck was elected by a big majority, I invited the crowd to go across the street for a little celebration. A lot of small politicians followed us, expecting to see magnums of champagne opened. The waiters in the restaurant expected it, too, and you never saw a more disgusted lot of waiters when they got our orders. Here's the orders. Crocker, bitchy and bicarbonate of soda. Carol, seltzer lemonade. Sullivan, Apollinaris. Murphy, bitchy, Plunkett, ditto. Before midnight, we were all in bed, and next morning we were up bright and early attended to business, while other men were nursing swelled heads. Is there anything the matter with temperance as a pure business proposition. End of chapter 19